Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. I heartily welcome you to the Nerdist Podcast number 132. First of all, I would like to extend a giant extra creepy hug to you guys because our New York Nerdist Podcast Lives are sold out this weekend at the Gramercy Theater. So thank you very much for making that happen. That was you. You did that. You did that. I love you so much. What's your problem, Portland, Northampton, and D.C.? Can't you see what New York did? Get on the fucking ball! See, I turn on a dime like that. It's like it's like a hug punch is what I've done. Um, but anyway, so come see us in Portland, D.C. or Northampton, and thank you if you're coming to the New York show. Also, uh, I'd like to announce that the phenomenal, thrilling adventure hour has come to the Nerdist Industries podcast network. Um, the comedy team Acker and Blacker have created this show that's been around for a few years, and it is amazing, and it was an existing podcast, and they moved it over to Nerdist, so make sure and uh, check it out now. Uh, the latest episode features uh, myself, Dana Gould, Pat Oswalt, um, Padgett Brewster, Paul Tompkins, and Scott Ackerman. Um, that is also available if you go over to Nerdist.com, uh, in addition to all the ticket information for other stuff. Hooray! Synergy! That's a word marketing people use. <laughs> also monetize. Something we'll figure out someday. Like now, we'd like to thank our returning sponsor, GoToMeeting, to the Nerdist Podcast. Uh, GoToMeeting by Citrix uh, can host your meeting online from your computer while your attendees can join from any computer or iPad. And now for iPhone and Android as well. Visit the App Store or the Android Market, download the free app, start joining GoToMeeting sessions from absolutely anywhere. Anyone can attend your meeting online. They can all see the host's desktop right from their smartphone or their tablet. Sign up today for a free 30-day trial of GoToMeeting. Have all the meetings you want for one low flat rate. Phone and voice over IP conferencing is included for free. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, and enter the promo code NERDIST. And now, the Nerdist Podcast number 132. Oh, this is a very special show, actually. Very special show. It's our first, like, in-studio music show, uh, which we were thrilled and honored to have Ben Folds on the show. This one's a, this episode's a little bit longer than normal, but I think absolutely worth it. I'm biased. I'm biased, though. And hopefully you will be, too. The Nerdist Podcast number 132 with Mr. Ben Folds. Now entering Nerdist.com.
one, two, a one, two, three, go. Talkity talk, talkity talk, talking on the podcast, talkity talk. Should that be the new theme song? Yep. I think so. I can pull out a... Uh... We never really separated season two from season one. We, we had seasons. started doing a host member when we decided we would have seasons. Yep. And that we made a different colored logo that really you and last. I only saw. No, it didn't really last. <laughs> That's... Yeah. Are you playing Bebot there? Yeah. Uh, what's the most important thing right now is that Ben Folds is sitting here. Oh, that's and we're right. Playing with your, we're playing with your oh, robot. Oh, that. Right. I, I'm going to back off the microphone because I'm pee-popping a little bit. We're recording at Swing House Studios because, uh, and there's a very professional setup here that we're not used to. Not at all. The most it's professional. Professional. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ben, the, we, the pee is a... We're going to need you to take that again. Are <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. just mopping up a bit of blood? It's yeah. just a, a hair trickling down <laughs> the earlobe. This is much nicer than the Seacrest compound we usually record. A little bit, in. yeah. Uh, we're at Swing House Studios in Hollywood, and... and Ben, we don't really. We had sort of become friends via email a little bit. Mm. Like we became. Uh, sort, <laughs> sort of that, sound, that sounded yeah. like. Hmm, is that mm. what it seemed like? Friends. <laughs> I don't know what friends. to call it. We became. I'm we, agreeing. We became acquaintance <laughs> yeah. via via the electronic yeah, yeah. mail. That's. I think that's a good honest disclosure. Of what and happened. and you said uh, and you said you know when I'm in town sometime we can do this podcast thing get together and, yeah. and 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 here you are and and so uh, I decided to come record at Swinghouse Studios because uh, they have a piano. Yeah, and an old timey piano. An old timey piano. I don't know how it's a real one. Do you want a sarsaparilla? Mm. Um, so city sarsaparilla. Yep, city sarsaparilla. So what are you what What are you doing in Los Angeles right now? What's go What, what um, are you here? Yeah, working on uh, a television show called Sing Off, mm-hmm. and um, it's uh, people sing, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> it's good. And I and I talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Stockman of uh, Boys to Men talks about it. Mm-hmm. Sarah Bareilles talks about it. And then, um, and then the show's over, and we do another one. It's it's actually really good because uh, uh, it's it's all acapella groups. Oh wow, that's, that's cool. cool. Yeah, it is really cool because I mean, these uh, so many people can sing so well, and um, yeah, and, there, and there's no 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 music or there's no instruments, you know, there's no uh, no tapes, nothing for them to hide behind. They just got to go up, and if it's not good, it's pretty obvious, you know. But it's all it's even when it's not good, it's very musical. Now, are, is there a are, is there a Dick Judge? Like, because every competition show seems. I bet to it's have... the boy to man. No, he seems, like, but they seem sweet. Like those guys always yeah. seem sweet. Yeah, no. I just hope it would be. And it's the guy with the cane that goes, "Girl, you're not very good. <laughs> I got one thing to say to you." <laughs> yeah, we we um we we've we've uh we, we've dispensed with the Dick Judge uh, uh model. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we're just trying to help them, basically. Like that, the reason I took the gig is because this is TV. You're not trying to help people. What is happening? I know it's a little weird, <laughs> but I don't know anything about TV, and I haven't watched much TV since I was a kid. Uh, and um, so I'm just sitting there listening to them. And, and if, if if something's not quite right, I try to sort of get their trust, and that you know I don't want them to think that I'm out to get them or anything. Like these things went right, but then these things are seriously wrong, and you could work on them. Here's how: you know your thirds were a little flat, you rushed in the bridge, the tritone substitution wasn't necessary, and you should have thought of it a little more like uh, in terms of polychord fractions. And then they're like, "Okay, that's good." <laughs> yeah. Now, see, that is a that is a kind of uh, music nerd uh, chatter that I can get behind rather than just "You're not doing it for me, dog." Like that, I don't understand. But I have a dream, sir. <laughs> well, maybe you should work on your fucking tritones. What do I need that for when I have dreams? You should have studied math a little <laughs> bit harder. Y'all don't know nothing. 
and then I leave. And then, and then you I become more famous. Did, and then that was yeah. it. We that was it. Yeah. Jonah again. Tonight the- on Dream Crusher. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do a thing. No. No. Uh, oh, you, there was a there was an acapella album full of uh, your songs out yeah, there. Yeah. That's how I got into it. Because I realized I always wanted to be a, a songwriter who was covered. Like, I didn't intend to sing uh, my songs. I wrote songs and wanted everyone else to sing them. And no one did except for Bette Midler. <laughs> and uh, so I hadn't got any covers. And then uh, out of the blue, I find out that there are like three, four, five hundred YouTube versions of acapella, my, my songs in acapella from different universities. I was like, wow, these people, these are my people. <laughs> so I went out in a, uh, in a van with my engineer, and we recorded these groups in their, um, you know, in their natural habitat, kind of like a field recording might be in Africa. Uh, we'd come up with a few mics, and they'd sing in the lunchroom. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's actually uh, Jeff Mangum from uh, Neutral Milk Hotel went around Africa, like recording different tribes like that. Oh, acapella cool. yeah, animal yeah. groups? Uh, no, yeah. just, well, yeah, they're acapella. The animals, the antelopes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, but like he went around to different tribes. Oh, different tribes. Yeah, yeah. No, that's interesting. That's, I mean, I, I think that, I mean, you know, I, I, I like the idea of, of making the field recordings of something that I know. Yeah. You know, like, like I, I don't really, it's like being a photographer. You go to Africa and you're, you're capturing something that's new to you, so that's an interesting angle. But capturing something that you really know and understand, I think, is actually in some ways harder, but it's, it's, a, it's a bigger duty somehow. So I just felt like I should just go around. This is like African field recordings, except it's on campuses. And, and I'm not going to get bitten for the most Did part. you give them notes ever? Like, did you do any direction, or did you, just, did you let them do their version without any They kind did of- their version exactly as they'd scored it, but, um, you know, I'd give them three or four take sometimes and would make suggestions between them like you're right the same thing that i do on the show that's why i took the shows because when they asked me i thought well, this is exactly what i was doing on that record it doesn't have to be any different and i didn't know anything about all that you didn't bring it stuff so <laughs> <laughs> i know now but i didn't i didn't know that then so. yeah now i think uh the first jonah has this classic story of seeing you perform was that at all-star lanes that was at all-star lanes in eagle rock uh, I had just moved to. Oh yeah, yeah. The um, Al was there. Al, yes, yes. Yeah. yes. That was. Uh, I had just moved out here, and I was working at a record store in Venice Beach. And if you uh, pre-bought the album, uh, you would get a ticket. You know the whole story. It's like you would get to go bowling and get to see you play. And um, uh, they also gave the record store just a couple passes, yeah. so I went to it. And I was underage, and I still just got wasted, bowled, and then got to see. I was like right on the right hand side. Glad of the stage. I facilitated some. Oh, it was the best. Activity. It was the best. Like and then and, 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 um, says drinking makes yeah, you yeah. older, kids. And uh, and then you uh, you started playing a song for the dumped, and uh, you said, uh, "Oh, we got a new singer for this one." Yeah. And then I just you know you just see a, like a long haired guy. I was like, "Oh, it's probably just some old rock and roll dude he knows." Yeah. And then you know whips <laughs> his hair back out. and it's Al, and I just like pissed and shit and puked i just like i couldn't <laughs> handle it i was 19 and i just moved out here and it was like i was like the la is amazing shit like this happened all the time i'll tell you what's really great it was at another bowling alley al and i went bowling and i never bowled before and he at least tells me he'd never bowled before but he got good fast he's <laughs> physically so talented and then he walked over to that it just come out this kind of i guess they've been big in japan those dancing machines oh the dance dance revolution dan- yeah, yeah. And he, and he decided, wow, I'm going to put a quarter in that and do it. And the, he didn't realize the whole bowling alley was, <laughs> was absolute insanity what he was doing. That's great. He was keeping up with it pretty well. Uh, yeah. He's when got I, moves. When I was 16, I had my first beer before Ben Folds oh, 5 man. opened up for the Dave Matthews Band at Foxborough Stadium in 98. 
Yeah, kids, call in if you had your first <laughs> underage beer at my so, show. You know, Tell your underage drinking out. stories. Now, are you are you friends with Dave Matthews? Because Matt is like Matt's been to so many Dave Matthews oh, shows. Yeah. I have. I've it's, been to it's a lot. Not a- I've, I'm, I met Mr. Dave uh, years before he was famous because uh, a friend of ours uh, recorded me and recorded David and. Um, you know, I would hear all his music, and I thought he was great. I th- and I used to play it for people and say, "This is going to be big one." <laughs> <laughs> but what I realized early on is you either had the Dave Matthews gene or you didn't, because some people were like, "What's that shit?" Right? They yeah. just didn't like it all, and other people were mesmerized by it. I thought it was really amazing. Like I, I always really, I always really liked it. I, I sang "We Are the World." Uh, not that I, I don't drink that much, and I don't encourage my audience, especially under 18, to drink. <laughs> well, but, clearly they're going to anyway. Yeah, they're going to anyway. They're gonna but if you're it. above 18, feel free. Yeah, <laughs> take it away. I don't know. It depends on what state. But, um, yeah, yeah, and, and, and I just, I was waiting for, we used to move our own piano. Like, I would carry it in and, and put it put it up on stage with a ramp and then put it back. And uh, I had opened up for this band, and, and Dave was there. And they invited us both up to come sing We Are the World. And by the time I'd sat through the, the two acts we were opening for, I, I was three sheets to the proverbial wind. And, and all I remember is, is Dave going, come on, Ben, let's go up on the stage. <laughs> like, all right, cool. And I remember... His he was he was doing he decided to take the Bob Dylan version. He's like, oh, the world. And then I thought, well, he's already taken Dylan. I guess I'll have to do Springsteen. And I couldn't sing for like two days because I was screaming at the top of my lungs. <laughs> we are the world. That's amazing. That was yes, yeah. that's my Dave. That's my brush with Dave. And and I recorded something for. Uh, I helped record something for. Uh, the, I guess the inauguration or the the, the opening of Dave. Matthew's band Day in Charlottesville. Oh wow! Which was he had just gotten a record deal, and they were so chuffed about that in uh, Charlottesville. The mayor comes out, ten thousand people. I mean, where I come from, if you sell a couple records, they just boo you out of town. <laughs> so, I thought that was amazing. Wow. Yeah, and, and and I put the mics in the wrong way. Sorry to go on with this, but I put the mics in the wrong way. We hung the mics in such a way that that you couldn't hear ten thousand people when they clapped. You just heard. <laughs> like people, you know, talking about whatever. It, was, it sounded so small. I walk out of the van, and go, "This is huge! It's a big event." Go back into the van, and it was just so small. <laughs> that was, uh, so that, that I want to apologize publicly that to him. That's my fault. That was uh, 1998. It was Apple's <laughs> Five at Beck, and then Dave Matthews Band at Foxborough Stadium. Yeah, that was a, that was good. Because I got I got your album. My mom gave it to me for Easter. I got whatever, never, amen for Easter. That's a, wow. It's a cool mom, right? Yeah. And yeah. there was a bottle of Jack Daniels behind it, and she's like, yeah. "You know what to do." It was this a rolling rock. Yeah. <laughs> drink. <laughs> drink up, Sonny. It's like drink your father up. and I. Thanks, yeah. man. Drink you, up. Get sad. You were conceived before a Ben Folds concert. We were both fourteen at the time. <laughs> My uh, dad and I are talking now because he decided not to listen to the podcast. <laughs> Oh, good. <laughs> um, He's like, that'll help. I won't. Matt, Matt has a problem of shitting on his family and then being confused yeah. as to why they're angry at him yeah. when they listen to the podcast. Oh, yeah. it's the you know other people hear this show, right? No. There's only five, six of us here. No, you're formerly your family. Um, so you're from, uh, you're from uh, North Carolina? That's correct. And so what, uh, when did you kind of, when did you realize, like, hey, I think music is a thing I could do with my life forever? I was two. Nice. Yeah, I was listening to records all the time, sitting on the floor and listening to records. And when they, um, when the uh, record player broke, uh, I 
was taken to a child psychologist <laughs> because I was running around the record player singing the songs and crying because it didn't work anymore. So I guess I was trying to get that sort of triple happiness out of the record Just like player. Superman Reverse Time. Yeah. yeah like, it record to did, play. didn't work. Yeah. And that's when Ben's father came and said, you are not to interfere with human history. <laughs> what was the record? The prime directive. Um... <laughs> Uh, well, it was a lot of records. I used to like Little Richard. I broke all the Elvis records. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I listened to Little Richard records. And I liked I'm a Little Teapot. And um, what else did I like? Um, it's hard to remember now. It, it was good stuff. And as I, I, had, uh, I had the album. Did you ever do like fake radio station where you'd be like, hey, it's. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You make tapes where you're making you're the radio station. Absolutely. Yeah. I did that too. But you had cooler music than I had. Mm. My parents had like. Like the Bee Gees with the one, but the one that he That's did with good. no, no, but the one that he did with uh, Barbara Streisand. Was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that <laughs> one. Yeah, I grew up with a lot of crappy like uh, adult contemporary. Yeah, rock. it's weird. A lot, a lot of people tell me that like they they grew up with with uh, really white people music, but I, I didn't know white people made music uh, when I was a kid. I just never heard it. Like all the records that were at the house uh, were all. Like Good. soul records, no. they're all R and B soul records. That's why you 60s. you broke all those Elvis records because you couldn't fathom. <laughs> it's like, what is this white man doing with music? I think so. I think it didn't make sense to me. Yeah. He didn't sound like it sounded too smooth. It didn't sound right to me. <laughs> and, but then I discovered Neil Sedaka when I was nine years old, and uh, I would say my inner white man came out, but I'm not so sure that <laughs> inner is the right word here. Uh, I just I my I became uh, you know um, I but my mom was obsessed one. with him. With Neil, when yeah. we we went to Vegas a lot when I was a kid, and we saw him, him and Tony Orlando, mm. and just like all these, and like Helen Reddy, just all like the whitest, <laughs> yeah, Caucasian mm-hmm. cracker acts you could possibly uh, imagine. <laughs> they they ought, to, they ought to run a festival called that, like Cracker, yeah. sponsored by Cracker Barrel. Yeah, yeah. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, but Neil Sedaka's. I mean, you know what I what I really loved about this is just his harmony, his sense of chords, and how kind of perfect it all sounded, and cool diminished and augmented chords, and all these little sus things. It was just really made me happy because the music that I grew up on up until that point was more about you know, the the soul of it and the vocals. And yeah, they had cool harmony, but there was something like so crisp about the Neil Sedaka stuff. I loved it, and I found out that he had a, a, a record contract when he was 13 years old. Oh wow. So I wanted to have a record out by the time I was 13. So it didn't work out. <laughs> no, I, like, I got my first record out when I was mentally 13, but it didn't. <laughs> there was like, there was like those old Harry Connick records where he named them after his ages, and there's like 11, 13, yeah. 19. That's, what, uh, that's cool. what Adele's doing right now. Oh, yeah? Every time Adele puts out a record, it's her age. Hmm. Yeah. That's oh, adorable. Wow. I feel like I should know more about who that is, but I don't really. Great singer. Really? Yeah. Yeah, she is. Yeah, yeah really good singer. Why am I already out of touch with popular music? How did I fucking? How did that? I'm not old. Like, why no. did that happen already? It's a, it takes. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of effort to keep in touch with what's yeah. coming out, and it can because it's like so much more stuff starts seeming more foreign to you, or you know you don't like it, or you know exactly what they're ripping off. But that just makes Which it is that a mistake. Much, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly. a mistake to think about. I think it's just a, it's overwhelming because there's no real filter out there. Like you don't. If you everyone thinks even everyone thinks that they're not keeping up because there's so much out there. There's no way you could possibly keep up. So everyone feels the same way. I was just listening over the weekend, this past weekend I I performed in Syracuse and I was dry to drive to perform at this college. And I was, it was the 20th anniversary of Nevermind coming Mm. out. Um, 
And so they did it. John Stewart hosted a town hall in Sirius with uh, with Dave Grohl and Chris Novoselic and Butch Vig. Really? Yeah, it was wow. fucking amazing. But but some of, one of the things they were talking about is just like, yeah, there's no real like rock music now isn't really a thing anymore. I mean, it really isn't. It's like all the music industry is behind like like hip hop or mm-hmm. you know or or dance or country or or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. What do you What do you think? Probably. I mean. I, I I think that it's it's uh, it's there in in in, uh, in spirit, but it just doesn't have the same. It, you can't associate the same sounds or symbols or lyrics or anything with it. But I mean, sometimes comedy takes over, and that's the rock and roll of an era. Sometimes it's it's uh, it could be movies or you know what I mean. Like it doesn't have to be a rock band with like four guys that are hairy and sling guitars. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like like if that that specific style, if you like that and grew up on it you might mourn the passing of it but i, th- I think you'd you, you'd hear uh, i mean i don't know like uh, skrillex or something i mean i don't like that kind of music necessarily but that's pretty rock and roll but you know what's interesting to me about your music is that i feel like it doesn't sound like it's of any era like you could listen to one of your songs and be like oh that was written in 95 or 2004 mm. or two, you know yeah i mean what's you know do you even I, just because I don't know how writing music in that way really works. I mean, how do you when you're writing songs? How do you sort of approach that? Do you do you even think about that stuff, or you just kind of do what you do? Well, I made one record where I tried really hard to to make it dated, stamp it the year that it was recorded, and I recorded with a producer who was really at the top of his game at that moment, and that was the whole idea because I felt kind of out of step. Like I wanted to make something that. I mean, in all honesty, if you go back and listen to like old blues '78, and you go, "That's amazing music." It's cool that it's dated. It doesn't have to sound like timeless all the time. And um, I don't know that my music does sound timeless, but I think that I've always been a little out of step, is the thing. And so I haven't like taken on all the flavor of the moment. You know? <laughs> I haven't done just that. saying that sentence lets us know that. Yeah, flavor. Yeah. Ben, ben folds and flavor. Yeah, I, I haven't. You know, I never made my music stupid dope. <laughs> well, <laughs> but when are you going to trip that shit? Is that a thing people say? Trip they can. That was, I think so. Trip that they shit. They can. If you say, say just a little more confidence, that was pretty good. How, when are you going to trip that shit? No, that sounds hell. Really what? Wild, dog? That was good. Yeah. Uh, Is that okay? I think it was a little bit too white and intended. Tonight on Dream Crushers, Chris Hardwick tries mm. to talk like a cool person. Now I see what you're doing there, what? and I don't like it. Yeah. I wish you don't someone seem like a real person. I wish someone. I wish shit. someone would get in front of Simon for X Factor and be like, "Your show is very amateur." <laughs> they just recreated, yeah. like seeing the guy that looks like Randy Jackson. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Wait, that's not Randy Jackson. I don't think so. That makes no, me feel racist. Not. Then what? No, but they clearly like glasses, bald guy. Speaking yeah, yeah, yeah. of which, where's your plaid shirt and glasses? What? Oh, I didn't. I'm not on the. Oh fuck! Yeah. Oh. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> One of these things is not like yeah. the other. For those at home, there are three people with <laughs> plaid shirts and glasses, yeah. and one that doesn't have it. Not me. I'm expressing myself with a polo shirt. <laughs> with a plain colored <laughs> yeah. polo shirt. Yeah. That's why, really, I think you guys should adopt a uniform in here, so no one feels left out. I mean, that's so, right. Yeah, well, that was the Catholic issues. school mentality when yeah. I grew up. You had to like they didn't want it. Every, it was that. very socially. Yeah. Like, they I wanted say everyone. we go Star Trek two uniforms. You Think they're, so? the mo- they're the most timeless. Star Trek Two? Yeah. You don't want to go next generation? Then? No. Why? They're so much nicer in Star Trek Two, Three, Four, Five, and Six. All right. From now on, that'll be the uniform. Cool. You show up next time, and we'll be sure to do it too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> want me to order yours? See or? you at the party. Okay. We'll all wear it. <laughs> all all right. right. Are you? A, were you a Star Trek fan? Um, when I was a kid, I watched the first one, but I've never seen any of them after that. Okay. So well, if you right. want to stick around afterwards, Matt will tell you about everyone in I'll detail. Let you in. Yeah. It's yeah. great. It never gets old. 
Never gets old in there. Here. No, 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 it okay. seems like you're being sarcastic right now. Mm-mm, no, no, no. Sincerity all the way. No, it sounds mm-hmm. like you're being sarcastic. It's my new thing. Well, being sincere no, about how much more... I like to hear Matt talk about Anything. Star Trek all the time. All the time. <laughs> no, but the facial mm-hmm. motions that you're making right now yeah. are even more sarcastic. No, he's being yeah. sincere, you people guys. Can't, people can't hear I'm this. I'm pretty sure. I think we, we wouldn't lie to me. Dr. Drew on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Drew, go ahead. <laughs> Jonah, who touched you as a child? <laughs> who did it? Oh. That's horrible. That's really what would be the problem. I like that you're also pretty. I mean, one of my favorite uh, YouTube videos was the chat roulette thing that you did at the concert. Uh, did you? Did you really? Did that guy? Was it set up at all, or did that guy really not know? Was it none really? of it was set up? It, we 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 did it in three fifteen minute installments. We took out the dicks and uh, <laughs> just put it together. Once we did that, we were left with thirty seconds. Yeah. Basically, everything that was on the video was what was left. After the dicks were removed, and after uh, any kind of uh, technical glitch, like you know something that froze on the screen or something yeah. like that, was, and I just captured on on my uh, uh, screen captured on my laptop on the um, piano. Wow. How was that? Was it a uh, was it an all ages show? It was, and I told I, I did tell the audience that if there were uh, you know that we couldn't control what you're about to see and <laughs> and that you might if you don't like seeing lots of dicks you probably should take your kids out yeah, yeah. i went yeah, to the ben folds show so many dicks yeah that's nah, all right the kids were drunk anyway so- <laughs> <laughs> you beat me too oh, damn it. i'm sorry <laughs> give me some training wheels do you have a comedy do you have did you have a comedy background because i've always i've always thought of you as like oh ben folds he's really funny mm. like what oh, what's your sort of what, 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 what? I have my inspiration. Uh, one of my main inspirations, besides um, all, all of the soul records, was uh, Andy Kaufman mm-hmm. when I was a kid, and and I saw all that stuff go down in real time. Like every time the, from the first time he was probably ever on television. And what was fascinating to me about it was the element of surprise, and and there was also a dark thing in it. Mm-hmm. And my my parents were, they believed it all, and I think a kid doesn't believe any of it because they, they it's like, wow, this is fun, you know, it's just fun. My mother was almost in tears one time because he was bombing on purpose, mm-hmm. and it was so good. And, and, I, and I just thought, this is, as a kid, it's like he's breaking the law. So yeah, I don't have any kind of comedy background at all, but I, I just that that would, to me was was kind of what music's all about. It's like how can you make a chorus surprising, or how can you make things an element of surprise in a form that you've seen over and over and over and over again. And he would go on television, and one time after another, it's like you know he's going to be fucking with everybody. Did it again, and people always work for it every time. Did your mom really hate Jerry Lawler? She's like, oh. <laughs> I, by the time the Jerry Lawler stuff came along, I guess I must have been in high school by then, and I didn't. I knew it was going on, but I guess I kind of felt like I liked his old stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I got the old T-shirt. I lived I in like... Memphis for all that, which is Shit. where, like, Memphis was the epicenter of that wrestling movement. Oh yeah, and that's where, like, Jerry Lawler and all that shit happened in Memphis, and just watching him. Like he red- took out airtime and would insult Memphis. Right? Yes, yes, and, and you he saw would, that stuff. He, yes, and like <laughs> shitting on it was so amazing. Yeah. Like just as a kid, just being like, "Holy shit!" I mean, like here are these rednecks that are going to watch local Memphis wrestling, and here's Andy Kaufman basically telling them that they're fucking stupid, and the reason they're stupid is because he's from Hollywood and he's smart, <laughs> yeah. and he could sue them, and they're pig fuckers, yeah. and he's going to sue them, and it was. It was so just like watching someone shake a jar full of bees, and it was an amazing, amazing experience. No, it was good fun. That and so, so yeah, that's that's what I that's what I liked about comedy were, were people like him because it was just breaking the law. Yeah, you know, that, and that's rock and roll. I mean, that's 
when when there's rock music missing. I mean, I guess when he was, yeah, there was ACDC and stuff. But I mean, I'm not sure that maybe that was an era that you know uh, the, the edge was in comedy at that moment. He's Richard Pryor and mm-hmm. and, uh, and Andy Kaufman and and all those guys, and that's that's pretty rock and roll. I don't think they needed guitars. So yeah. I have a real respect for comedy, and a lot of my, uh, you know, when I play uh, L.A. You know, I don't have like an actor audience, or or I've just got a lot of people like Al Yankovic, you know, yeah. who are um, who are comedians, and they come out and they come backstage. Well, because I think you know, there's a certain when all of your stuff is just like, oh Ben, he's having fun, like he's funny, yeah. and he's sort of fucking with the format, and he's screwing around, and that's you know. But I find my comedian friends like best of all, they like the uh, the sadder music. That I like. <laughs> yeah, it speaks to them more. We do. Yeah, and they they they, they seem to understand. Uh, where the where, why the humor is there and, and and what it indicates you know because it's more of an indication of of uh, how hard someone is, is trying to either retain their composure uh, amidst something that's not that not fun or just making a joke at a funeral because they want to lighten people up yeah but they get that where a lot of people are like oh that guy writes novelty songs really I don't know what a novelty song is I hate novelties <laughs> <laughs> well a novelty song is uh well, novelty songs are pretty. I mean, I guess. Oh the, yes, that call on the street. <laughs> look at that! Look at that! Yes, yes that's a, that's a novelty. What about guitar Zan? That's Ray Guitar's Stevens. Ann. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, mother. Hello, father. Yep. That's not Ray. Stevens. No, no, that's not. No, a I novelty didn't say that was song. Ray Stevens. I, I said <laughs> we were just a, naming Ray Stevens songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was trying to think of novelty songs. <laughs> that's a serious song. It's, it's a real serious song about that horrible camp. It's about abandonment. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Ray Stevens also wrote Ahab the Arab, which is very oh, poignant right. for you know. I mean, way ahead of its time. I think that was for what it didn't really make sense until it post nine. 11 world came to yeah play. yeah and it was right. like Red Ray Stevens was really on to something <laughs> why didn't we listen to the signs yeah. a problem. And they start reading his song his songs like fucking yeah. Nostradamus quatrains grandma's mm. going to get hit by a reindeer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to re- I want to remake the movie knowing the reindeer is capitalist America yeah. and grandma is the, the citizens let's make a sequel to knowing with Nicolas Cage where it's Ray Stevens songs or or the key to the world's end Yes, I'm sure they're hard at work on Nicholas the sequel Cage to would Knowing. Do that. <laughs> he would do that. Yes, he would. Well, after season of the witch, well, I don't know what to you think. win some, you lose some. <laughs> he loses most. Yeah, but he still fights. You know, <laughs> Nicholas Cage. It's always funny to hear about people like Nicholas Cage, where you go, like that guy's got like a hundred million dollars, and they go, he's lost all his money. Like, how do you spend that? What is that? How do you do that? It's all of his yeah. copies of Superman number one. I guess. I was like, did you ever see that special with the like the, the Michael Jackson special where he's walking through that gallery in Vegas and he's just pointing at stuff and he's like, I'll take that and I'll take that. And I'll take, it was like t- he just spent two million dollars in like fifteen minutes. Yeah, it's all it, yeah, it's, it's all relative. It's crazy. This that, however much can come in can certainly go out. I'm and then and then there's probably there's usually some tax story behind that stuff, right? Yeah, they yeah. forgot to pay their taxes. They forgot. <laughs> forgot. Yeah. Air quote. Yeah. I'm sorry. I made ten million dollars this month. I forgot. You get five of that? I'm sorry. No, I didn't understand. Seems, doesn't seem right. Government. <laughs> so what? Uh, you know, when you when you sit down, do you sit down to write? I always wonder that about musicians mm. versus comedians. Do you sit down to write, or do you have to get struck by the thing? I have to get struck by the deadline. Mm-hmm. That's usually it. And um, I, I set up I set up deadlines and and basically uh, line a lot of people up uh, to uh, to be let down if I don't finish it. Because I always have songs in my head. And I always have things that I'm, I'm starting, but I find finishing it is is really tough. And 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 most of my best stuff was finished on a deadline because. Uh, we had to get in the studio, or I needed some extra stuff for a gig or something. Because you can enjoy the impulse of the song, 
uh, without it being finished. You kind of dither it out with. Thank you, New York. I mean, you can fix you can fix it in your head, but when it it comes to making it real, that 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 becomes skill and it's work. And like you say, you have to sit down. Then you have to go. Okay, I'm gonna sit down and finish this song. Um, uh, The album I did with Nick Hornby. What I was blown away with uh, with Nick was that he makes writing hours every day. He writes great stuff, and that's against if you come out of sort of my era of of uh, of rock music the idea is supposed to be like oh it just came to me and it just kind of fell out you know no you had to work at it yeah. <laughs> and you and you're lying when you say that and and i've definitely implied that before and it's not true i work really hard at them is it do you are you comfortable once something is done at being able to walk away from it and go i that's finished or do you ever kind of go ah fuck if i just had more time i would have done this or this or are you good about just letting it go i think i'm good about letting the important part of it go about letting the song part of it i think i know when the song's finished mm-hmm. i don't have much you know uh remorse and regret about what i did to the actual song the presentation of the song is always what kind of confuses me it's like wow do you record it like this or record it like that or turn it into a samba or what do you do with this and uh and i have a lot of ideas but i'm never quite sure someone has to tell me to go home mm-hmm. and, and and that was uh that was a good thing about the times i've had producers if, has been that they've told me to go home and 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 then, then you're finished that's that do you think it's important to have someone in other words, if you're just left completely to your own devices, like, I'm going to record this at home and I'll do it all myself, does that idea excite you or does that, is that like, no, I really need someone who can take all the stuff and then... I think I need a sense of event. Like, I really enjoyed doing this thing that we called the fake album, where um, the, the, the album Way to Normal was coming out in a month and we were in Europe. And uh, we knew that it was getting ready to leak. So I thought, well, how cool. This is an opportunity to go in the studio and record all these titles with completely new music and completely new lyrics and we'll make the whole album in one day so wrote all the worst lyrics that we could think of they were terrible and and my drummer's really good at bad lyrics like he had this one song about it's like a political song about changing the world and you know my favorite line is a piano's all i got and i know that ain't a lot but music has the power to change the future. <laughs> I mean, he's a genius with that stuff. And I would just give him something to write. He'd just go with it. So the titles were the same. But what was really cool about it, well, the joke was on me at the end because being forced to a one-day deadline, I wrote everything so fast. We recorded it really quickly. And I associate, I think that's a really good uh, recording. I really like it. And then a lot of people heard the record and were disappointed when they heard the real record because they liked the fake record, you mm-hmm. know, which uh, is kind of hurts your feelings. But <laughs> that's just uh, it's it's just it's just that not you know that's a sense that's like an event where you get some event. So you know, like I'm going in to record with Ben Folds Five in December. That's an event. So w- we said we do it. I've told people we're going to do it, so now the pressure's on and I have to do it. And that's the way we always made records before, so it will be an event. And then I'll know when to turn it in because the studio time will be over and we'll have to turn it in. There'll be a, there'll be a release date and all those things will happen. Have you written those songs yet? No. <laughs> I, have, I have bits and pieces that I've, I've thought about that I think are really good, but, um, um, but I, haven't, I haven't got full songs. When was the last time you played with them? Um, we played about two months ago to... Uh, uh, to uh, add to a retrospective album that we're releasing and um it just seemed like it'd be a good kind of book thing like you know well not book end but um 
You know, like it's the oh, book middle. You book can put middle. A, put a little, you put like a little, a little thing. Little in the gargoyle in the middle of two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, so so we we got together to record some stuff for that record, and and uh, um, I had all these ideas, and we just started running with the ideas, but they sounded more kind of like the future of what we would do. They didn't sound like something that would go on a retrospective record. So there was a conscious effort to kind of back up and kind of make three songs to add to the record that sort of said something about the past that were a little more reflective and not kind of forward thinking. And then, and then I still got all these like kind of, um, you know, the future songs are still in my head, but I've been, you know, spending so much time talking and kissing ass lately. I hadn't had time to write. Well, is it, (laughs) (laughs) I know because you sort of locate, relocated out to LA. Yeah, I know. I've got the hang of it too. I'm getting good at this shit. (laughs) (laughs) You want to meet for drinks at that place? Yeah, sure. Why not? Power drink. Well, you have to write. Nah, I don't have to write. I don't give a shit. Don't need to write. Do you feel, um, so with Ben Folds, because this is always fascinates me about bands and groups. And so you, you know, you've worked uh, as solo and you've, you know, you've worked with different producers and people in different bands. Do you, do you feel like okay now I'm now I'm in Benfold's five mode, which is actually slightly different than solo Benfold's mm-hmm. mode? Like, do you do you see them as modes, or do you just still feel like, well, I'm just again, I'm just sort of making this stuff, or do you feel it? I think uh, it's really fun to plug yourself into a variety of of situations. Um, you can make them uncomfortable sometimes, and sometimes not. And just see how you react to it, but react honestly. Mm-hmm. So I don't think, okay, well, I'm saving my, my you know, change my clothes kind of, and, and this has been Folds 5 mode. I just go in and react to that situation the way I, I would. And then, you know, and I play with an orchestra, then I react that way. And, uh, and, and the same as with doing the sing-off. I would never, if I just spent the, my, I think musicians brand themselves too quickly and they go, okay, I am this person. And then they take their, their, their lyrics and what their fans might think of their lyrics and the way they, they dress and everything. They begin to, to, to really uh, marry themselves to it. Uh, and, and I think if, if you go too long without kind of testing that and doing other things, you know, put yourself in a funk band, uh, um, do, do, play with string quartets, do other things that, that keeps you more you. Though, because you can invent yourself and then stay stagnant inside that. And when I play with Robert and Darren, uh, Ben Folds Five, I play the way I play with them, and it just starts to happen, and that's just what happens. And I don't attempt to play that way with anyone else, um, but you know, but there's a similarity, you know. I remember about seven years ago, I was watching something, and I heard <clears> this really pretty song on the TV in the background, and I ran over to look, and it was you and Ben Queller and Ben Lee. Mm. Yeah, and, and fun. the Benz. You guys did the. Did you do? You didn't do a whole a full album, or was was it the just pretend song? It was an EP, and it was the same kind of thing. It was just plugging myself in a totally different. Because I was really, I felt really free after leaving the band because I could go do all this other crazy stuff. Was it and, like breaking up with a girl a little bit? Yeah, I played the field, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get inside the other bands. Yeah, there was also yeah, those commercials. Right. I want to get up in. I want to get up in some Queller. <laughs> <laughs> there was also those commercials you did, uh, and uh, Corinne from Slater Kinney was in the. Yeah, band. that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just loved the. I loved the process of it because the way that you guys told the story was. Yeah, we were in a studio and we all went off in the corner and we each wrote this section of the song and yep. came back and that was the song. Yeah, and that always it just it was like, oh yeah, I guess you could do that. It just never occurred to me. Like, oh yeah, you can you can do that. It's just a, yeah, and then it goes back to it's just another way of working as yourself with other people because Ben Folds Five would have never worked that way. Mm-hmm. This was just very random. We were actually were only kind of slated to be 
um, a bill in Australia where it was just going to be the Ben's tour. So, um, you know, uh, the three of us were just going to do solo sets separately. And then uh, Ben Lee called and said, you know, we really need to do like some kind of commemorative EP together. And even that was going to be very separate. But we got in the studio and just started making shit up. And we were in there for like two days, made a whole EP. And when we sold it in Australia, we, 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 we like charted like top five or something just selling it out, out of the van. Oh my God. It shows it was it, it it did really really well. Who's the Australian guy tracking that? Hmm. <laughs> stand next to this van and see. That's one. Well, let me rephrase that. It didn't show up on the charts. It's just that we knew that we had sold twenty thousand records or something like Holy that. Shit. And the top and the top hit in in uh, in Australia hadn't sold that much. So oh my God. we just took the liberty of saying that we're in the top five. So number one. We're number one. Yeah. yeah. We may just go all the way here. <laughs> we were number one. You won't see that if you look back at SoundScan. Technically, we own Australia. Yeah, we kind of own that. But we took we we knocked Dire Straits off the uh, off their fucking still, high horse. Still on the, uh, time. Dire Straits. Dire Straits. I think uh, I think Brothers Straits in Arms is like one of the highest grossing, uh, like the high, of all time in Australia. Probably. Maybe yeah. even still. E- even more than ABBA. Maybe even more than ABBA Abba's or, or Pink Floyd. Hmm. It's the indigenous aboriginals that account for most of the sales. Do <laughs> you think that's what it is? No. Oh, okay. I don't think that at all. Hey, come on. You know, maybe you need to listen to a little band called Midnight Oil. Maybe you wouldn't take such fucking... Midnight Oil. Yeah, Midnight Oil. <laughs> How can we sleep while our beds are burning, Matt? <laughs> we take our fucking land and give it back. Give it back. <laughs> give it back. Here you go. Yeah, thanks. Dying. Right. Dying. <laughs> Dying. Don't, yeah. It's that kind of asshole where you mention Australia and I just casually get in, go into the accent. Oh, you like Australia, Ben? That's I fine. love bad Australian accents. Oh, They're great. Oh, the worst yeah, me better. too. <laughs> I've actually been good. You're getting good at that. Was. <laughs> You're getting good at it. Yeah, I'm pretty good at it too. Hey, I'm from Australia. Yeah, so pretty spot. Wow, on. Brisbane, yeah, right? Yeah, but it's an Australian guy doing a really good American accent. Oh, that's a yeah. good. Yeah, you flipped it there. <laughs> I see what you did. <laughs> Uh, so, do you still talk to the uh, the Queller and the Lee of, of the Bens? Um, I mean, is there are there any plans? I, a couple of emails here and there. I, we just all stay really busy. I think that was something we just when we got done with that and we just, you know, just kept moving. I, it, we were afraid to relive the magic. Yeah. Uh, and 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 uh, you could have. I guess you could have filmed the behind the music in real time. It was about an hour we were together. <laughs> <laughs> live, we're gonna live stream the behind the music. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing. Then the breakdown. Trouble yeah. struck, guys. I don't have yeah. any more change for the meter. Yeah. I gotta go. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I want to hear about the uh, William Shatner album. Yeah, that's that's. I think that's a really great album. I'm so proud of that one, and and it didn't it didn't sell all that well, but I thought it was a good record. Uh, we made that one in about two weeks. Really? Yeah, wrote and recorded everything, and um, he was man, he was impressive. Yeah, that pulp I, cover is incredible. Yeah, I really wanted him to do that. I pushed that one on him. Did he, uh, did he, he understand? Like what the band was? No, no, he didn't know where it came from. There were a few covers I was trying to push on him, and I would have him read them. I mean, I spent the first couple days uh, extensively interviewing him, uh, and we just we literally we put a um, literally. I'm gonna stop using the fucking word. We 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 hung, we hung a, a light bulb. There was a light bulb. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> a real light bulb. Yeah, a bear bulb hanging in the middle of my old studio, and like a little. A little card table, and I sat in front of with an old mic, and sorry. and and I uh, interviewed him. What the fuck, Jonah? What I was, was scratching my head. I'm sorry. I didn't, you okay? Yeah. Did you hit? I hit the mic. I'm sorry. Oh. I didn't mean to. 
I thought like picked off a mole or something. No, I just get to start <laughs> bleeding profusely. Yeah. No, I just sounds like to... you fired a gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like one of those yeah. Monty Python movies, yeah. blood shooting yeah. all no, over the stage. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, you're turning very pale. There's mm-hmm. a pool of. Uh... I'm just hungry. Are you okay? Just, I'm cold. Do you want some cold, Chris? Some juice and so cookie? cold, Chris. I'm so cold, <laughs> mommy. <laughs> Sorry about that. So Shatner, do you have? Did you get the sense that Shatner understands the Shatner phenomenon? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in control he knows what's up yeah he's just being himself and he gets that he he he, he just you know he gave me a lot of material just in the interviewing and then i had him read some things like i had him read uh um cake a, a song by cake i like uh, uh what was that called um comfort eagle uh-huh. yeah. really cool song and i thought how cool would that be for shatner to recite this it could be really neat and then i had him recite uh the the uh, the trans transcription of the the hindenburg disaster <laughs> 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 I've got that, and I, I'll, I should I should I should make a CD of it and sell it on eBay. You, you haven't yeah. put that anywhere yet. You know, the great one was was uh, uh, Shatner interviewing. I would have him interview people on the mic while we were to sound check, uh, interviewing Henry Rollins. What? Oh, wow! <laughs> and and I I don't know that 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 he ever uh, had done a uh, interview series before, but it didn't surprise me when he then did Raw uh, Nerve. Yeah, when he did that, that was Shatner's thing, right? Yeah. Because he's really good at it. He's yeah. a great listener, and he really gets into people's heads. And I never saw or heard Raw, raw Nerve, but um, but what he was doing in the studio was great. I mean, uh, you know, Rollins would kick my ass for saying that he cried or anything. He did not do that. But he, he, he had him on the couch, like, completely, like it was in psychotherapy. Wow. And it was really... Absolutely fascinating. No so one gets inside Rollins. Shat- he, no, but yeah, Shatner's he, like yeah. is he, he like penetrated Hannibal, the. Is he like Hannibal Lecter in that way. Yeah. No, no he was lamb, just... stop screaming, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's that. He does. He does talk like that. That's 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 the way he talks. But but <laughs> but for real, like when you're talking to him for real, he's just he talks that way, or does he Benny, Shatner it up? Benny, you're picking at me like a chicken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Benny, Billy. <laughs> what were he and Rollins talking about? What was he? What was he digging around in Rollins? You should about? release mom. That. You have to release that. Just the conversation between Rollins and Jack. Exactly. Talking about his brilliant. mom. He was talking to to, to, to to Rollins about how he grew up, uh, his relationship with his mother, his first girlfriend, all kinds of stuff. Wow. And we're just setting, we're like setting levels and stuff in there. And and uh, and, and and I said to my engineer Joe, record all this shit. I don't care what you do. Record it all. He goes, Well, I'd like to get some levels. Fuck the levels. Just keep recording. This is amazing. Of course, I have no idea where that, that uh, tape sits in the studio somewhere, but we really should. I should send it to Bill and, and, and Henry because they've become friends now. Like, they watch football together. So. <laughs> <laughs> I brought, That's so uh, weird. <laughs> I brought them together. Yeah. That, is ama- that is an amazing marriage of awesomeness. Yeah. The two, uh, R- Rollins and Shatner. Reality show. Reality show, just two buddies, the real odd couple. So well, first, so Henry first, had so much respect for him, which was really, really cool. And 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 uh, and they just got along really well. I, I really like both of them. I really like Henry a lot. He's a great guy. I I feel like the first thing uh, that should happen is is putting the Shatner monologue of the Hindenburg over the Hindenburg footage. Yeah, I mean that right there is ten million views on YouTube. Yeah. alone. Uh, and then that that interview series sounds. Or what would be what would be another visual like something modern that 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 it could play against would be really kind of interesting too. Just a kid eating ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just a bunch of just a bunch of chubby American yeah. kids like, like in, jumping fried in good, food in good slow motion like high yeah. speed you yeah know, just just shoving it in yeah, yeah. That'd be great. Kind of like the Red Sox collapse. 
I don't, I don't know Whatever. what that is. I'm just saying it's very what, what happened. Tragic. They collapsed. They Sox? had a nine and a half game lead, and they're tied right now. And there's two games. Oh, that would work. Yeah. He really went over the top. I was expecting him to do it, but I was learning about how he, uh, you know, how he delivers and what what his method is. Because when he read the Hindenburg thing, he was aware of, you know, he he he'd heard it a million times. It's like. And the Hindenburg, you know, whatever it is, all the humanity. You've heard that, right? And he just really overdid it. I mean, he was crying and wailing and yelling up into the sky and stuff. And 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 I thought, okay, well, I can't let him do this on this record. Like, this is the opposite of what we need to do because um, that's what people expect of him. And he's funny and his timing's funny and everything. But what I realized is the most powerful thing would be if he just gave us the truth. Yeah. Just like... Tell us your story, things about your life, what, what you love, what you don't love, what, what, just the things you write songs about. And, and, and when he would do it in a really animated way, he got sick of this. But I'd say, could you just do it straight this time? I just want straight taking it. But you're going to use it if I do it that way. I'd say, yeah, I probably will. Uh, but but let's, give it, let's give it that go. And, and he thanked me for it when it was over because I think he realized that um, I had his back. I didn't want him to come off like a clown. I wanted him to come off like him you know that's so funny i mean that's uh, i you know i you're as you're saying that for some reason i'm starting to think about leslie nielsen yeah and just that that period of his career you know with the zucker brothers where it was like (laughs) where he was just straight yeah and then at a certain point he realized like wait a minute i'm funny i'm fucking funny (laughs) and then there were a string of movies where he was totally like playing the comedy i was like no I mean, I love him. To, I yeah, love yeah, him to yeah, death. Yeah, he's all, all good. Yeah. But but yeah, yeah. but there's that point where you're like, oh no 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 no. Go back to before yeah. when you were still like straight guy. You don't have to do Spy Hard and Mr. Magoo. You no. don't have to. No. But he did, and I'm okay with Spy Hard. Are you? <laughs> you're okay with it? Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy it. If not, I'll watch it. <laughs> yeah. Al did the soundtrack. Yeah, did. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, that's true. It's a really good opening credit sequence. It is. It's good. like Al swimming through. We yeah. were sort of gushing about Al on the way over, but one yeah. one of the best people ever. Yeah. That guy, yeah, who just never ceases to amaze me. That it's like he's still fucking awesomely relevant, and that just that makes me happy. No, that's. I think we should all bow right now in the direction of Doheny. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just take a I second. Mean, is there any? Is there? You know, like every most of the comedy people that I know, and a lot of like, there are so few people that I feel like were not touched by that guy in some. Well, I mean, well, he they touched. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Name someone, yeah. please. I mean, I mean, Name you know, creatively, that who wasn't who wasn't touched by that that guy in some way? Did you you must have been a huge growing up? That would be a awesome. great record of uh, touched by Yankovic, <laughs> touched, touched by, by an owl, owl Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Roma Downey. I'm here without Yankovic. He was interviewed on uh, on Raw Nerve. He, oh, Al was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. How was yeah. it? It was, uh, you know, it was, it was a good interview. Yeah, yeah real deep. That's what the whole show is about, and just and the, the the seating arrangement on that show is neat. It's like you remember that old uh, SNL commercial? The toilets, yeah, the, the love toilet. Yeah, that's what the seat was like. It was just two chairs, like <laughs> matched in the middle, facing opposite ways. Yeah, really? Yeah, facing each other, and like his his like Chandra's hand was on the other person's hand a lot of the time to kind of comfort them. But yeah, it was it was a great episode. It's downloadable on iTunes. They're not making no. that show still. No, no, but it's a. It's, I mean, you want it to be longer. You want it to be longer and have more of the, but it's like kind of cut for commercial and stuff like that. I'm just going back to something you said earlier. I'm fat. I guess it just 
hit my brain. But I'm fascinated by the idea that you said when you set out, you really kind of wanted people to just do your songs. Yeah. Like, rather than... I mean, so at what point did you go, ah, fuck, I'll just sing them? Or was that just... Were you just sort of biding your time until that happened? Well, I always have had um, very low self-esteem about singing. It's not something I'm comfortable with. Even now, I'm just not comfortable with it. I would show people... I would get, like, official singers. You know, like like the, the guy who's in the neighborhood who's known for singing and bring him around and show him the song and then he could record it for me and uh, I couldn't get them to take out all the jive mm-hmm. you know it would be like you know, show them something like uh, I don't know um, you know I love Al and they go I love Al soul yodeling we and call that soul yodeling yeah. soul they do something to it which would make it sound um uh, it would just make it not. It didn't. I didn't buy it. That's all. And, and I just thought, you know, that, that a vocal should be. How cool would it, I had a theory, you know, that the vocal should not have vibrato and it shouldn't have any licks and it should just be like a real plaintive, just straight ahead stoic uh, uh, delivery of the lyrics and that people would really listen to the lyrics then instead of the notes. And um, after a while, I realized no one was going to do it. And I got more comfortable just showing them, you know, just hearing myself sing didn't make me want to vomit anymore, which I used to get so nervous, you know, even just to show the guys a song. I would say, here's the song. I start to show them I think I would just get just clam up and get nervous. I just felt like it was something I couldn't do. Uh, But it took me a while. I I was probably I think I landed the plane on that issue uh, right as Ben Folds 5 was breaking. Mm hmm. And prior to that, and one of the reasons is I was looking through all of my um, material for this retrospective. Um, the cutoff date for me was anything prior to being just comfortable enough to actually deliver the song. Because before that, it just it sounded like shit. You th- really? You honestly? The honestly? Oh, absolutely! That- it's horrible. God, but your voice is so—it's so great. Oh, you know no. that now. No, right? I don't. No, God no, but I think. It. It, it's at least it's comforting to me to know this that, is going to get like raw nerve. I'm going to start crying. Yeah. <laughs> lay on, lay on the couch. Lay on the couch. No, it's just it, it's comforting to me, and I'm sorry that it's because of a at painful thing for you. But it's comforting to me to know that even people that you look up to and you go like, oh no, they've made it. You know that 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 they still have the same insecurities and the same mm-hmm. kind of stuff that you know you had when you when you started out. Well, and it kind of ties into uh, some of the other stuff we were talking about. You, you, you plug yourself into other situations and you cause deadlines and you, you, you try to move along quickly because no one is qualified, no artist is qualified to tell you what works about what they do. Mm-hmm. The thing that actually reaches people, like that, like that touches people, like Al, is, <laughs> is, is the thing that they can't see. It's the thing that's directly in the middle. So no matter how many times you turn around, it's right there in the center and you can't see it. And that's why when I produce people, I like to get them out of their that zone. Because they always think, if you ask someone, like, why did people, you know, people liked you in high school. Why is that? And someone's like, well, and I was a class clown and, and, and I gave people candy or they'd come up with some crap. And then, you know, you ask the, the people in the class, go, no, it's because he was a nice guy. And it was because I like this and this. It would be different reasons. So, so artists begin to arm themselves with all these reasons that they are. Are, that they work, and then they arm the re- themselves with uh, the reasons that they don't work and their insecurities. And and I have no idea. I mean, I I trust that when I make pitch mouth noises, that uh, that it's acceptable for a commercial recording, that it's a commercially viable recording. But I, I don't I don't accept that it's something that that uh, that I think is very good that I would want to hear. I, I, I do intellectually, but I don't otherwise. It's we're we're in such a 
like the American Idol culture of what's happened to singing now yeah. drives me fucking crazy. Yeah. Because when you listen to if you listen to old recordings, like you listen to someone like Etta James or old Stevie Wonder, they're not they're not. I mean, Stevie did some crazy stuff with his voice, but He's it dancing was, with he could. But yeah. it wasn't like I feel I feel like what's happening is people are confusing technical proficiency with soul, and it's like no. Just going at the end, that, that you're just fucking showboating. That doesn't mean that you actually have a story to tell or any right. soul or any kind of thing. It just means you can control your voice. And, you, and I feel like people should be sparing with that shit. Yeah, I prefer that. And at the same time, and then what happens is we say that and we, 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 we kind of put that in, a, in sort of some policy that you file away in your head. Then someone comes along the next day that does all that jive-ass shit that you were talking about, and we love it. Because for some reason, they connect in that way, you know? So who knows? But I agree with you. I'd rather hear someone suck straight ahead yeah. like, uh, than, than, than suck with all the technique. I think it was Angela Adams had some really great quote about uh, a technically perfect photograph of no idea at all is much worse than uh, than a, a, a you know shitty photograph with a good idea or something like that. I can't remember what it was, but it's strange coming from him because everyone always said he was Mister Technique. Yeah. But but what he was saying was if you don't have an idea, if you don't have anything to say, then like shut the fuck up. <laughs> Which I think is the way he worded it. Actually, come to think of it, that was the quote. You, he said, "If you ain't gonna bring it, dog, then shut the fuck shut up. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Take that shit downtown. Downtown, yeah, motherfucker." You're getting good at that. Yeah, that's what Ansel said. Yeah. That's, what- <laughs> yeah, it's one of those inspirational, demotivational posters. It's just like Birch and then him, <laughs> that writing underneath. It was it was a bunch of trees that just formed motherfucker. Like a perfect. He managed to shoot this perfect black and white landscape. He's very talented. Um, mostly you- black. <laughs> mostly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Book was good. <laughs> Chris, what the fuck? Chris, for those of you at home, Chris has impaled his eye on an SM57. Now we have two people really the, spurting blood. Really the best mic to impale yourself on. I, I got I to hand it, it to It makes the, it for the best noise, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I was... Yeah. Boink. <laughs> I was laughing so hard that I leaned forward, and I'm not used to these like shotgun style mics, and it just yeah, yeah, neither am I. A lav would have gone right up your nose. Yeah, you know? I could have yeah, been yeah. horribly killed. They would have been. I would have had to pull out of my brain. A little French boy on an airplane with a fist about the size of this the the capsule of this SM57 microphone punched me in the eye in an airplane one time, and it was so painful because his fist was just like just the size. His mother. It was one of those three-seater things, and he and his French mother and me, it looked like we were a family. Mm-hmm. And I was like 28 years old. I was horrified at the idea of anyone thinking that I might like have, kind of have a family. I was right. like, that's not very rock and roll. No. <laughs> and she said, could you look after my... Well, you can do the you can do the Australian accent, so you can do this, yeah, right? Pardon me, would you look after my? How do you say shitty child? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So she said that, and then she uh, she went to the bathroom, and this kids just started getting really naughty, and I was like, shh, 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 be quiet, and and he's like, and I did that back to him, joking, thinking he would think that's funny. He said, and I said. Boink. Whoa. Little motherfucker popped me right in the eye. Didn't have my glasses on. And it went like right into the socket. Oh. I, I, she I comes just, back, his hands just in your head. Yeah. By, <laughs> well, by the time she comes back, then I'm beating the shit out yeah. of him. Yeah. Yeah. She, no, I, but, you know, I, it was horrible. <laughs> I couldn't explain to her your, your child 
hit me. Uh, you don't even know. You're crying. You, you don't yeah, even yeah. know what he did to me. Your oh. child made me experience the most pain of my life. Yeah. And yeah. then the, when the, the mom goes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Could you ever imagine a we child causing so much pain? Uh, hey, we. Hey, we. Hey, we. Yeah. Um, do you, when uh, he came out of my we. When he came out of my we. He is no longer. He's a big, yeah, huge. Uh, like, uh, I like how we always revert to like some kind of Mexican accent. Yeah, like, where is that going? <laughs> yeah, what the, uh, he's, I, always, I always go to Italian for some reason. Oh. He was like a prosciutto. <laughs> my vagina is like prosciutto. Like, I don't know why I always Salty. go to Italian. Salty, yeah. But slim. Yeah. Um, did you write a song about it? I feel like a little French boy punching you in the eye. There's a song in there somewhere. There's a song in there somewhere. There is. And I if it turns to... up on the next Ben Folds 5 album, that would be fine with me. Points. Punch me in the eye. Punch me in the eye. Punch. You got to be repetitive these days. It's like that has to go... If that's going to be a hit, it really ha- you have to drive it home. He punched me in the eye. He punched me in the eye. The eye. Where did he punch you? In the eye. What was in it again? The eye. You got to repeat it a bunch so it could be mashed up with a hip hop song, and then it'll become a hit. Then it goes. Then one day. In the eye. Then those Kia hamsters are driving to it. That sounds like it might be a song by Maroon Five. Have you ever worked with an artist where you're producing and they're kind of shitty? And no, you haven't. Not yet. I'm, I haven't. But you, anyway. That's good. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm lucky because I don't have to do that for a living. I can only do one every once in a while something I really love. But I'm sure I've worked with, sh- with shit, shitty people. Let me, let me run that back. Keep, keep, keep no, that was actually, that totally answered my question. That's, yeah. Because well, I just, I'm fascinated by, I have this idea that nice people, that if you ask a bunch of nice people, like, have you ever worked with assholes? Most of them will be like, eh, you know, not really. Mm. And then I feel like there's some people that just sort of create the drama. Yeah. And that, that, that they're sort of magnets for it yeah asshole magnets kind of because yeah. I don't I mean I've been doing television for a long time and I don't feel like I've ever worked with someone I'm like what a fucking they wouldn't come out of their thing and they yeah pray. I've never had that I don't see before. much of that either it's weird and, and but people people like that that myth you know there's a guy that just the guy's a raging asshole all over the set and then you have to get him out of the trailer and he's face down on a pile of coke naked and all this stuff I've never seen that before like well, people are really not there was a mirror around <laughs> it's hard to see when you're just white when, on your eyes yeah. snow blind that's my new album <laughs> I don't know why I brought that image up it's not something I ever even thought of before but. no but I think people do like to, to, to they, they like the idea that 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 performers and people are assholes, but I guess there's also people who attract those people in their lives, so they attract those to work with. I guess, yeah. but I, I don't like to attract people that that can't. Some some producers like working with artists who aren't that great because they feel they're malleable and it they it allows them to put their stamp on it, sure. so they can kind of save the day and come in to save the day. But I'm more interested in documenting what they do and being part of it. Yeah. Do you uh, do you find that? Um just kind of the way that you approach I just feel like you've carved out your own thing and I think that's kind of what I've always been so I've always like ah that Ben Folds I, I really like that I really like that guy how, how important do you feel like radio airplay now like the, the classic form of the business do you feel like any of that's important anymore or do you just feel like I'm going to do what I'm going to do well I have to have the attitude that I'm going to do what I'm going to do but if you know lightning strikes in radio or on the internet or in, in like you know churches or wherever um, they, then they should just take it away and I'm very lucky to, to have it I, I you know I probably probably radio is not really where I'm, I'm gonna ever live again I don't think but um, I wouldn't I wouldn't write it off it's just it's not necessary for me because um, 
know how it works yet. I went to Pandora, and the guy who started that showed me the behind the the scenes way that that the uh-huh. musicologists there rate all their all all the songs, mm-hmm. to, so that they can they have to find some algorithm or whatever right. to, to make them work together. And it's fascinating. It Those is. guys are on it. Well, man. they'll it's tell so you. Cool. If you go onto Pandora's website and it and you pick it, you select a channel and then you and then it brings up a song. It'll tell you if you you know like if you click on a on a link. We selected this song because you like music that has harmonies and mid range yeah. bass tones and yeah. this and this. And, and there's stuff. pages and pages of the, of that analysis behind it though. It's fascinating, like down to like spectral analysis and the key center and 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 the the key movements and the the tone of the words and the pronunciation and all this shit. It's crazy. Yeah, there's a, it's weird though because sometimes they'll be on the mark and other times you'll be like, well. These bands maybe to a naked ear sound exactly like, but they're completely different yeah. bands. Like you know, even just but that, that, that's when you bring in this like, well, this band politically would never be anywhere near this other band. Even right. though they're both playing. You I'm know, fascinated. But then you could give it the thumbs band. down, and it won't. It yeah, won't yeah, like yeah exactly. I like the the genius playlist algorithm on iTunes. Have you ever like had it create a genius playlist that's, for you? Yes. So, oh. My phone has a knock thing as a knock or something. Sorry. That's, oh, that's okay. oh, that's, that's I was just rude. talking about the genius playlist thing on, on iTunes where you just select a song and then or whatever. Yeah. And then you just click the genius playlist button and it you know, it downloads everything up to the cloud or rather puts it up to the cloud and then it gives you an algorithm and then it just puts a twenty five song playlist in front of you. I just I like what RDO does, you know, I know I bring it up all the time, but like, you know, they, they do a thing where it's, you know, artists they separate it with artists. Inspire. You're listening to a band, and these are the artists that inspired this band. Yeah. These are the like the these are the contemporaries of this band, and these are the bands that were inspired by this band. That's and I cool. think that's a better way to go about it. And whose is that? What's that? That's RDO RDIO dot com. Uh, it's uh it's like Spotify or it's like it's like a pay site like a, um you know what's that other one? It's just like subscription you know, kind yeah of subscription like, stuff. Oh, and big controversy with Spotify. What is it? They formed a partnership with Facebook. And uh, so now, if you want to sign up for Spotify, you have to sign up with your Facebook account, and that, it will tell people what you're listening to. And it's just like, hey, maybe give people the choice. Yeah. Maybe I don't want everyone to know what the fuck yeah, I'm listening they to. Just, they need to connect every everything. Everything needs to be connected. But I, I do like I do like RDO a lot, and it's it's a it's a great way to just uh, you know because sometimes, sometimes you forget you forget about bands, and like if yeah. you're listening to you know you know Super Chunk, you're like, oh, I to- forgot all about you know this See. other band, yeah. Like a port static. Oh yeah, I love port static. Why? Well, I've been listening. I've been listening to them forever. Do you go out of your way to listen to new? Do you force yourself to listen to new stuff just to try to stay like? Mm, I never have, um, but I find that it, it it finds you. You know, like if something's really interesting to you, it'll, it'll tweak your ear somewhere. And if you, unless you're living in a cave, which I have before, but uh, it, you know, you, you'll hear it. And but I don't really. Every once in a while, I'll go on one of those trips where I just go around the the internet and do that. If you like this, you'll like this kind of thing for a night, and that usually sets me for about a year. Yeah, yeah. Know? And then then you just pay attention to 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 what's going on. But I'm not that interested in in staying like right up to the minute. Um, I never have been. Who are you? Who are you listening to currently? Like who do you? Who Matt you King Cole. Yeah. Um, uh, a, a lot of uh, Rubenstein playing Chopin. Uh, Shostakovich. Uh, can you play? Can you play Chopin? No. No. I just like to listen to it. Yeah. I can't play it. I mean, I, I guess I could play it if that's what I set my mind to. But I stopped kind of playing. Um, like by reading music and all the ways that you would do it. I I just ceased doing that when I was about nine. Oh wow! Yeah. So because I just had songs in my head, I wanted to get out, and that wasn't leading there. You know, no. uh, listening to it does lead to ideas. You know, it spurs you on. But actually playing it and getting inside it, then you understand 
how it works, and that's good. But I, 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 I'm not sure that was the way for me to be a creative. So I didn't do it. I, but I never learned other people's music either. Like people say, oh, you must know like Billy Joel songs. I said, I, no, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I, I heard them and I like them, but I never sat down and and, and learned to play them. Except for Tiny Dancer. Tiny Dancer, I learned because I was going. Elton was going to sit in at one of my gigs, which I had to cancel. Which was a, I so regret that. Oh no! Oh. What happened? Well, I sat in with him in, in, in Adelaide at the Normo Dome there, and we played the bitches back, and it was fun. You know, I, I played on my little electric keyboard that they'd given me, and I'd look up, and he was like, you know, playing the, <laughs> playing this big one with his ass, and you just hear the crowd roar, and I was like, what what the what's happening? And I'd look up, and he's he's. <laughs> he was so cool. He was just like such a ham. And, uh, and, and then so it's like, okay, well, he was going to come sit in with me in Sydney. And, and I was like, holy shit, i got to learn one of his songs. I've never done that. So I learned Tiny Dancer. Unfortunately, we, we booked two shows there, and the promoter canceled one of them because we didn't sell tickets. Ben, I'm sorry to cancel your show. You didn't sell tickets. Yeah, tickets. And you're, but you're like, oh, that's so adorable. I don't mind that you're giving me horrible news. You bloody disgrace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? So they just can't, they totally... Yeah, I mean, we, we kind of decided with them. It's one of the only gigs I've ever canceled. I and mean, we canceled because the first night sold really fast, and then they tried to sell the second night. For whatever reason, it just didn't happen at the Amore Theater. So, so we shit-canned it, and Elton couldn't do that night. and uh, So we just didn't, we, we didn't do it. So I learned Tiny Dancer, and I was walking around with this cover that I knew. So I thought, well, I'll start doing it live. Did you, do you find – what I'm starting to notice in comedy with live shows is that there's a certain cultural penetration that you have in each city, and it's surprisingly <laughs> consistent. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, I, I've sort of watched like, well, in the last couple of years, I sell this many tickets. Just in any city, it will be about this number. Yeah. Do you find that that's, that's the same with, with, what you, with music? Um, r- roughly. I mean, different, different – you know, territories or markets definitely is a, a little different. I think, um, you know, like I, I do better in the Northeast mm-hmm. than I do say in the Southeast. Right. You know, and I guess that's just cultural. I, I'm from the South. I don't know why they they won't why, <laughs> why they won't come out? I don't know. <laughs> say, yeah. Not sure why, but well, for some reason, I always identify more with with the with the with the Yankees. Well, I think yeah. I mean, I you know, Jonesboro, Arkansas is probably a tough market uh, to break into. <laughs> Have you done that? No. Well, no. I've played in. Um, I played in Arkansas, and uh, I feel like maybe Mississippi once, and then just some other comedy clubs like around Tennessee. And it's, it's not. I mean, you know, there are certainly people there who are our crowd. Yeah, they'll come out of the woodwork. But yeah. there's not a lot of them, really. Yeah. It's harder to get. Yeah, it's harder to get to a niche crowd anywhere. And and yeah, in the South, it is. Uh, it's going to be a little more niche because it's just culture a little different. Probably wouldn't wouldn't be as good for you. Yeah. But the people that are there would probably love that you came and love what right. you do. You know, you play for a small audience and they'd be more more into it. I love that comedians say, I played this room or I played that room. It's yeah. so old school. It is. It's cool. I mean, it's I like I'm talking to, to Don Rickles or something. <laughs> I don't know how else to... That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, get, I, I talked there. I, I talked in front of these strangers. Yeah. yeah. I went up and said things at people's faces. I did comedy once, very recently. You did? What? Where? Well, it wasn't good. What? Um, I I was playing in Milwaukee. I was outside uh, playing on a festival, and it started pissing down rain. It was probably dangerous for me to be out there, but the the piano was absolutely soaked, and it wasn't my piano, and it was like buckets on the the keyboard. I couldn't even keep my fingers on the keys, and and it was just blowing, you know, water everywhere. And so uh, I I thought, okay, no one stopped me, but I'm going to take it on by myself to just close the lid of the piano to save the pin block but then the audience I look out in the audience and there's all these kids out there and it's like eight, ten thousand people and they're getting soaked and they deserve a good show 
But I, I only play piano, so I thought, okay, well, I'm going to have to be a monkey for a little while because I really feel guilty that they've come out. And I thought maybe the rain will pass. Wrong. It wasn't going to pass anytime soon. And so I picked up the mic, and I went out front. I said, I have a dream for my whole life to be a bad stand-up comic, and I would like you guys to boo everything. And I'm just going to – this is kind of Andy Coffin. I'm just going to tell all the jokes I know very sincerely. I'm not telling you bad jokes. I'm doing the best that I can, but I want you to boo. And uh, and so they did for a little while, and then they started laughing at them. But they were terrible jokes, and they were all really dirty. And then I looked down, and it's like, it's different to sing dirty words, and there's children in the Music audience. Music makes everything okay. It makes right. everything palatable. When you're standing there by yourself, and you and you say something really foul, yeah, you really kind of got to you know, own it. Yeah. Like, and I looked down, and there's these people, and I could tell they were pissed. They were like, he's really stepped over the line here. That foal stood out there and like like started talking shit and right. that's bad and the kids are there and uh it, it actually felt really bad because then i felt like i was only trying <laughs> only trying to kind of be somewhat of an entertainer and give these people their money's worth but my piano was soaked and i didn't want the the piano rental uh place to have a bad piano so i was going to go up and start it started good but i realized that you guys really that's a tough gig it wasn't even funny when they were booing me it just felt bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even even when you ask for it yeah even, like oh, it's not something is there's a mechanism that says that's not right it's not Right, I think that's right. Yeah, you know, I pretend they were saying Bruce. <laughs> sure. Are they saying boo words? Boo words, or they're ghosts <laughs> haunting your theater? What was an example of a bad, a bad, dirty joke that you told? Um, let's see. Uh, I told I told all the jokes I could remember. First of all, my first joke was because it's the first joke that I remember from being a kid. Because uh, Mr. Pibb had just come out, and and no one, you know quite knew what to make of it yet. It's a big marketing thing. It tastes like Dr. Pepper and stuff. And the joke was, this is, I was like third grade. I didn't understand it. Why did, why does Mr. Pibb come in a can? Why? His wife died. <laughs> <laughs> See, no kid would really understand yeah, that yeah, joke. Yeah. It's fine. That's a true joke grenade. That's yeah, like that's great. 15 years later. <laughs> finally, finally got it. Uh, and then I told my little Superman joke because, Superman flying around the world. My timing's fucking horrible, sorry. But Superman flying around the earth, speed of sound or light or whatever he does, and he looks down in a a, a field, much like the one that that I could Mm -hmm. relate to them, like much like the one today, like a field (laughs) you're standing in. I know what he's talking about. Yeah, this is about me. And Wonder Woman is naked, writhing in ecstasy in this field. So uh, Superman sees his chance, flies down at the speed of sound. I can do the comedian thing. Bam, 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 bam. Nails her, flies back off into the sky. Sorry, Mr. Engineer. <laughs> flies back off into the sky. Wonder Woman says, the fuck was that? The Invisible Man said, I don't know, my ass sure hurts. <laughs> so I was just telling all the jokes I knew See, from being kids. Kids love comic book characters. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that just feels like and that would play. Sex. They love it. Yes, they love it. <laughs> Those kids were drunk to begin with. And that's really when you can make and anal sex really happen. really rape because he didn't know what happened. He didn't yeah, yeah. know. <laughs> and the Invisible Man was, was his fault for being invisible. No court would have convicted Superman of anal rape. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Your fault. Honor, Exhibit A, yeah. I can't see anything. Case closed. That's right. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> There's not a court on Krypton who would convict him. There's not anything on Krypton. Oh, you know me not to be rash or impulsive, but if we don't evacuate this planet, um, do you? Uh, do you? I, I know we just. Of course, they spell cock with a K. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Did you end up doing songs at that show, or was it just like, I'm just going to get off stage now? 
you know, my tour manager is 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 pretty funny guy. I was getting ready to walk off after it was done. He goes, "I think you really better play another song because okay. because he meant I think you better make this feel a little better because it doesn't feel because it didn't feel good." So I was like, "Okay." So I, I opened up the the wet piano and 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 played another song to kind of bring people back together through the miracle of music. And but, when you guys are you're like, "Superman is flying around yeah. the earth." You yeah. just do the jokes, but songs. Yeah, and then do it like modern. He nailed his ass, ass, ass. He nailed that ass, ass. I'm telling you. You should try that sometime. You should take all those jokes, make them musical, and just weave them into a show. I think that would fucking destroy. That could be good. Oh, man, I had an idea like that the other day. I was thinking I should take... Did you ever hear... And I really like it, too, actually. I, I, I empathize with the guy. Uh, the Ryan Adams tape where he's he's going off on... Oh, the, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone like, asked him to play... Does someone... No, no. You're thinking of the summer '69. When someone asked him to play summer '69, and he flips out. Yeah, I know the guy who paid people uh, fifty bucks uh, every time that they would. He started it. He was. Uh, 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 it doesn't matter. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, no, it wasn't like that. It was he. He got he, he got upset because uh, um, he got in a really really shitty review, and it probably was really personal and mean and and just a very bullying review. And you could tell what it was. And Ryan called the guy's house, and he left a really long message. And you guys have heard yeah. it. And, and, uh, I didn't hear it actually. Can you can, can you reference? Are you allowed to play that? Like, can you play that in your in your in your oh, podcast? Yeah, we can, oh, we can play whatever we want. That's great. Well, because actually, he had a lot of points. The guy had, uh, had like like Ryan had a lot of things. I know he's, he's, he could have been drunk. I don't know, but I thought well, it would be great to put that to music. <laughs> that would be a good song. There's and I would a, credit him for lyrics. There's a there's a really good uh, uh, there was this band called Hickey, a punk band from a while back that um, stole uh, the trumpet from the band Voodoo Glow Skulls, which was like a ska punk band. Uh, but the, those guys are a bunch of like you know jockey assholes, and they they stole the trumpet. And like the guys from Hickey, are very much uh, like a very messed up drug addict punk band from the Bay Area. Uh, they they stole the they stole the trumpet. Everyone knows they stole it. Some like they played a show. Everyone knows. And then uh, so um, Voodoo Skulls guys start calling. They find like the number of like one of the guys from Hickey and just start leaving death threats. Oh shit! And it was like it's like we're with the U.S. thugs. We're gonna kill you, Hickey. You gonna fuck with the VGS? Like all this. You know, uh, machismo bullshit. And then uh, what Hickey did was uh, put out a split seven inch. Hickey and the Voodoo Glow Skulls on, the, on <laughs> side A and side Hickey. Uh, two of their best songs they ever recorded. Some of the catchiest things they've ever did. Side B was all of those uh, answering machine messages with a really shitty trumpet being played in the background. <laughs> <laughs> see if this works. 11 a.m. December 19th. Hey, Jim. This is Ryan Adams. Um, just call and say hi. Well, somebody sent me your fucking stupid bullshit review of my show. I'm finally home, getting over the flu. And, like, what is your problem? Like, you just ha- you have to, you have to come after me. Like, you, um, you have to make some kind of weird point to, like, fuck with my, whether I'm, like, legitimate or whatever. And, like, you mentioned in the end that, like, the fans eat it up, but, like, you're, but, but, but you're different. You're, like, the voice of reason. Is there a Mardi Gras in the background? Because, like, I make music that's, like, The Replacements or, like, Courtney Love or, like, some bullshit. Like, it can't just be fun. You know, you do this to me, like, every time I come to town. And, like, your fucking ending note to self, note to Ryan Adams, wish you were anywhere but here. It's like, you know, fuck you, man. Like, fuck you, you asshole. Oh, I feel bad. No, no, no. But he's got a point. Nobody... Nobody's interested. Like nobody's interested in your in your bullshit. Like you obviously have like a problem with me. 
Not with the music, because you can't refute it, obviously, because it's too fucking good, and you know it is. Well, I don't know but if I would say that. Um, uh, yeah, I mean... Let it go, but you write about me every chance you can get. But but I'm sure Ryan doesn't want to hear hear, hear that again. Yeah. <laughs> but but the, but the thing is, is there's something really cool and honest. Whether I mean, if I had left that message, I probably would hate to hear it come back over and over again. Yeah. But there's something really cool about it's it's so uncool to call the critic up and kind of, kind of confront him that I think that there's really kind of something to it. It is. But but what I was saying was I don't know if I would say that is to say like just because you know the music's good. Like, that's well, like, well, Ryan Adams did make the album Pneumonia with the song Jacksonville Skyline. I think he could do whatever he wants. Okay, he's all right. A, that's no, that's fine. He's, yeah, brilliant. But, no, I know what you're saying because that's, that's a... That's a that's but he's, a, he's emotional. Listen, I, I'm of the mindset that you should never make phone calls, send emails, or talk tweet to back. anyone <laughs> or tweet when you're emotional. Right. I know I tweet back at people yeah, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Right. I do the same thing. Do I you, do. Yeah. There are people... You, you should... No, you're exactly right. And in fact... We had this. Never take it back. No, and and that's right. Emails, man. Kids out there, don't press send. Like, just don't. (laughs) There needs to be a campaign called "Don't Save to Draft." Write it out. Save to draft. Yeah. Delete it. Write it out. Get it all out of your system. But don't address it because it could go out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's what I've I've done that before. Where you go, you know, I write all the stuff that that Ryan just said into an email. Don't address it, and then go ahead and delete it. Yep. Uh, I think he's probably better off to use pen and paper. Still, it seems like (laughs) the the, the internet is a rough, it's a rough place. Are people still shitty to you? Sometimes I feel like everyone's. I think that. not at the moment, Good. but but they they I could have interpreted it like that two or three years ago, and maybe in a couple of years I could do so again. I think you can you can get into the kind of naval observation as a as a uh, as a popular artist that you can kind of look for it, and then you can get bummed out about it, and kind of uh, it's kind of like pushing on sore teeth or something. It's like mm-hmm. that hurts. I'm going to do it again. That hurts. Yeah, you don't know why you do it, uh, but I think you know for the most part it's pretty positive. Um, but um, you know, you bring it on yourself if you. I, 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 I you know, I, a few years ago, I got, you know, uh, I was in the middle of a divorce, and a lot of people were writing a lot of stuff that I wasn't comfortable with. I was like, I've got kids, and these things are, these things that people are saying. It's like, you know, the, my kids will be able to Google this at some point. It's not nice, and I tried to take it on, like, kind of like not really what Ryan just did, but more by saying, you know, if you wouldn't mind, but you can't do that. Like, because if you engage, then they just go further and then you bring about your own negativity. I think the thing is to concentrate on your art and, and, and be nice to people, (laughs) you know, and not do what, 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 uh, what Ryan has done. But I kind of respect it because, uh, you know, just because he did it. Who else has done that? It's cool. Yeah. I wonder, did the guy respond besides Putting the message on the internet. That was his response. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it and it's a powerful response too. I guess <laughs> it's a pretty powerful yeah. one. Yeah, it's, it's like Tai Chi. <laughs> but the emotional thing is interesting because, like, um, you know, we, we were doing this show, the Sing Off, and there. Uh, when when does this air, podcast? This will go up within a couple of weeks. Within a couple of weeks. Yeah. Okay, then I think I could probably say it uh, ahead of time. We film these things, you know, and like I don't like to to, to bust. A, a group has an emotional performance on on the show. Uh, that is something that's kind of in real time. It's like a thing happened in the family, and they decided to sing about it right on the spot. And I was completely flustered because emotionally I was connected to the story and the fact that um, that or the bravery that they just came out and were emotional about. What I realized is you don't make music in an emotional state either. You don't make the music while you're emotional. You use the content like Bruce Lee, like emotional content. Interesting. Because you, 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 otherwise it'll drive you. And, and, and at what point do you just not fall on the floor and go, ah, ah, 
right. I mean, you know, like that's expression, but it's, it's expression that's driving you. So you're not engaging, uh, oh, you know, you're not uh, navigating it. Uh, but then I, re- I realized I was like, yeah, you know, most of the, most of the things I've written, I think, are really on the, on the money, are are songs where I went through it, almost processed it, and wrote in that sweet spot where I could understand the weight of it, but I wasn't charged. You mm-hmm. know, it wasn't emotional anymore. So yeah, I think when people get emotional, they should definitely take two steps back, and pause, all that stuff, because anything you say during that state's not making sense. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and and also that's when you're going to start going down really weird path like once you once you descend into that lizard brain (laughs) it's fucking over yeah and you just start saying shit Uh, like a child and then you punch a stranger in the eye with your tiny french fist i know (laughs) that kid was going through some shit (laughs) tiny french he was tiny Tiny ryan adams that was his that was the child's defense mechanisms (laughs) and you were making fun of him fist of fury do people i mean like when when young songwriters you know which i'm sure i'm sure you get this a million times i mean as a comedian you get all the time how do i start like what what do you say to people with with songwriting do you is it the simple like just fucking do it don't add don't Mm. talk about it just do it People are often not really asking uh, about the art form. They're asking about how I make it, you know, and they like, how do I get started? And you get down to it and they kind of want to know how to succeed. Right. Um, and because there's no way you can say in 10 minutes, well, yeah, you know, you should start studying Prokofiev immediately. Uh, and, and then, but then there's no answer to their, their, their question. I always just say it's like music. It's like a VH1, you know, music first, mm-hmm. just concentrate on your music. Forget all that other shit. Literally. Damn it, I said it again. <laughs> Ironically, the opposite of VH1. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Music has definitely become but basketball wise. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Music well, last. Yeah, yeah. Music last. Wow, we can so we can make those old MTV jokes from the nineties for about VH1 now. You know, yeah. people always fucking complained. Especially when I was working at MTV, they'd be like, you guys don't play music videos anymore. It's like, yeah. no one watches them. If people that's a watched problem. music videos, yeah. Well, I suppose because it became real estate that was purchased, right? Like yeah. anything, it's like when the record companies come in and 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 and, and leverage what you're going to watch. When it began, it was just all freeform, and then right. you know people did watch it, and then it became you know. I, I used to love video director would come up to you and say, "I got an idea," and so your song so inspired this idea. It's like you're going to be in a pinball machine, <laughs> and like balls going to be rolling all around, and you're dodging them and like with your guitar. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you play piano with your piano. It's going to be cool. You're dodging with your piano. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and 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 then and then you say oh, I don't know I don't really think that feels like that song no but it totally came from the song and that's what I'm saying and then three weeks later some other band like I don't know Semi Sonic or someone they're dodging <laughs> pinballs same director that's what nice. was wrong with MTV is that is that it was it was run back asswards after a while you yeah know? it wasn't MTV's fault it was just the music business around it didn't didn't give it anything to work with well yeah and also you know just a very specific agenda of like we have to keep these artists in a rotation to sell yeah. albums and re- I mean what do you even think of the music business now is it is it is it completely over or actually not over? I mean, there are people who are, who are selling albums, but it's a very small. Yeah. Because there's the, the music. It's like, um, so it's like that Monty Python with there's the people's front of Judea and there's the people's Judea. It is splintered off into so many little sections There's the old music business proper, which kind of, you know, sells swatches or something. They sell something different. And then there's this music business, that doesn't know how to collect the money, you know, and it's a good music business. Like that's where you hear all the great new stuff and like the things that we've talked about, like these artists and you, you go, wow, that's really cool. They're broke. 
Right. You know? yeah, they, they don't know how to do it exactly. And, and, uh, and so I think it's a real – I think now is a real golden time for music. Um, but I don't think it's a golden time for the music industry. Right. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of good music out there right there's now. There's a like, lot of yeah. great music. Well, you, can find, you can find these bands now all over the country that, like, like two of my favorite bands in the past couple of years, both, they all still have jobs. They don't go on tour. Yeah. They don't go anywhere because they, still, they have to work. And they knew coming into it. Yeah. That's the thing. They, they grew they up in this it. era. Yeah. And, and, and so you're getting a really generous, honest thing from them. They're, they're, they're not like, when this breaks, God damn, I'm going to be rolling in dough. Yeah. They're not thinking that. And, no. and there's something really nice about that. I think that's – and they have access to get to you somehow. You found yeah. it. Like somehow it came through the system. And, 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 and that's why I think it's a golden age. It's not necessarily a golden age for musicians. And, you know, fewer and fewer musicians are, are going to get rich. And, and, and that we just have to suck that up. Big deal. Do you, do you ever kind of wish like, ah, oh, fuck, if I had in the 70s yeah. when they were just – Blowing money on like private jets and like it, no one even thought about it. Yeah, like that. Is it that Joe AIDS Walsh wasn't song? a thing we worried about? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> like what a time. <laughs> the seventies. What a time. That's 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 it. That's a cool time. I mean, in the in, in the nineties when my band broke, the money was totally flowing. I mean, it was you know that that shit just we just spent money. It was crazy. Like we'd do a show and we weren't a huge act, you know, but we had a really big record deal and we were in a big bidding war and all that kind of stuff and people were flying me around on jets and and it was you know it, was, it felt like like all this money was going out and it would always come in and we would play like a show. I remember playing uh, um, I can't remember what uh, maybe it's Beacon Theater or, or something like that in New York and we just decided a couple nights before let's just spend everything on pyro tonight <laughs> <laughs> and and we'll and we'll tell the, the guys to let it rip in ballads where we don't expect it <laughs> squibs concussions all uh, just all the stuff like just let it rip like it was like uh, a rain of fire like uh what was that called um uh, what was the the, the rumsfeld uh Everyone used to make fun shock of it. Shock and all. Let's make right. this shock and all. And, uh, and it was scared the shit out of me. It blew me off the piano stool several times. And then the kids in the front row, all this light looks like the 4th of July. And they're <laughs> right in the middle of a sad song. And that cost, that, that shit cost $25,000 or something. Wow. Just for a joke. And and but that's what you're spot. Like, that is right, that is second chorus of smoke. That's Andy Kaufman esque. Yeah. yeah, that is Andy Kaufman. You have to, you know. You have to cookies and it. milk. Yes, yeah. in the in the buses, it is like that. It's a surprise again. Like like yeah, it's a surprise. It's like something that you wouldn't guess. Maybe it gave some kids heart failure at eighteen years old. But since they were drunk, they didn't. They do didn't well. even know. <laughs> and so, do you feel like do you do you still feel like it requires energy to keep that stuff going to keep the shows fresh to keep like or do you feel like it's vital for you to to stay involved to keep fucking around with formats like that. I, I don't I don't know I mean it's I'm, I feel like I'm in a really nice little place where I, I, I go in not knowing exactly what to expect and 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 I can kind of uh, be present with a different audience every night and take it somewhere there's form uh, like there would be in comedy like mm-hmm. uh, you know I uh, uh, seeing uh, Bob Saget a few months ago and I thought man there's no form to this like he's just going this guy it's incredible but then when I talked to him about it afterwards he's like no there's form to that there's places that I know that there's not going to be form for seven minutes but then I know when to jump out of it mm-hmm. so there is form I, I do that you know that's kind of the way that, that I, I do I know, I know I'm going into a, a, a time period where I'm going to make up a song 
And so I make up a song on stage every night. Uh, but I know it's going to be called Rock This Bitch because that's, the, that's, the, uh, um, that's my format. Mm-hmm. So I've got my title. The song will be completely different every time, and it'll have a lot to do with what the audience is thinking and what we're all together in the same place. So I don't feel like I have to do stunts, like spend $30,000 on pyro. Um, <laughs> but I do. I mean, uh, improv everywhere uh, uh, you know, came out and did did a couple of funny things with us in New York and, and uh, that, that was good fun. But that's the last time I think I've done anything like kind of sort of comedy driven. Do you know Reggie Watts? Oh, he's great, man. Yeah. I tried to get him before he got, he's gotten, he's gotten expensive now. Yeah. He got, real expensive. <laughs> he, uh, he got expensive. expensive. <laughs> but I feel like he would do something with you. Well, I asked him, we had this whole, whole, whole line of emails from a few years ago where I was like, man, we got to get you open some shows. And so we we're talking dates and stuff. And then all of a sudden it's like, I'm open up for Obama now. So, okay, great. <laughs> uh, you take it away. That's too bad. No, I think it's really fantastic that someone as talented as, as him is, is and getting recognized. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just part of our digital culture. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it would have been difficult. Although, he's one of those guys that you would have seen, like, on t- Tonight Show, like, in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, doing And doing now, awesome from stuff. his album, Fuck Shit Stack. Fuck Shit Stack. Ready. So, I want to have you do... Oh, but before you... Do you mind doing a song? Or two? I don't mind. Can I take a piss? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. Well, what, do you leave the mics open for that, and you guys talk for a while? or Could do you, you like, take it into the bathroom with you? Yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah, sure. Let's go. Yeah. Like yeah. that, like in The Naked Gun. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just like in The Naked Gun. And now the engineer's going, oh. these assholes, I'm going to have to run a wire all yeah, yeah, the way Yeah, go, yeah, go take a pee. I'll, I'll go do that, and you guys can talk amongst yourselves. We'll talk yourself. about you. Sure. And I'll, I'll come see if I can play it. The Shimmering Symbols. Here at the Nerdist. Shimmering Symbols. Here at the Nerdist <laughs> Studios. What? Is the... Ben Folds is Why does the uh, the music always spike up? I spike up because they is it um, the, like the bandwidth or. Well, it could... I bet they have some ducking turned on, like some automated ducking, and then as soon as someone stops talking, it then it jacks shoots. right yeah. back up. It's yeah. irritating. I hate, I, that's why I hate. That's why I don't like listening to the Morning Becomes Eclectic. I always notice yeah. that. I always notice that too. I just imagine Nick Harcourt going, and so, and then just every time. Uh, it has been a while because it's Jason Bentley now. Jason Bentley, sorry. Yeah. Ben Folds, uh. here in the Nerdist Studios. Ben, uh, what, uh, what, uh, what's the song are you going to uh, play for us today on the... You're just breathing on the microphone now. What? I'm sorry. You're not <laughs> saying words. I'm just playing around with what you're saying. <laughs> Superman was flying around the world. Superman was flying around the world Looking for something Not really sure what Till he saw Wonder Woman writhing in ecstasy Then he came down from the sky He's a fucking machine Wonder Woman asked what was that the invisible man said I don't know but my asshole hurts <laughs> that's a good song a classic how the fuck you write a song a classic um, so I don't know what 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 do you want me to play because um, well, I don't want to I don't want to order you around I, no, I think you should play whatever you uh... I don't feel like doing it I can't think of anything that I would just sit down and play right now so I'm not gonna 
I, I, it did occur to me we were talking about the Vinfolds 5 record and we said well I don't have any songs which is true yeah. but then I was trying to think of what kind of ideas do I have seeds of yeah. that I'll be bringing them and I, so I could show you that and then you would have these please do oh that'd be cool you'd have exclusive something that they'll probably turn down ooh sneak peek sneak peek this has been floating around in my head and it's got a lot of syllables in it but it's got no words okay I always start with no words and then I work the words onto it so I really like these chords because I was watching a, a, a Philip Glass documentary that I thought was amazing and then I realized um, that it's kind of this sounds all over movies but it doesn't matter I like the, the way the chords move uh, these minor chords it's like that so then the melody I hear in my head is That's it. That's, <laughs> that does sound like an old Ben Folds 5 song, too. It does. That's cool. Yeah. yeah Mixed in with a little bit of, uh, I, there's a, there's, there has like a cool Disney haunted house vibe to it, right. which yeah. I love. Yeah, it's got, a, it's got a cinematic thing. And I think that's because uh, Philip Glass kind of invented that sound. And then, and then I think probably uh, uh, the, the co-inventor would probably be Danny Elfman. Yep, and, and he's he, he's really done a lot of that. So that, but I don't know how many people apply that to rock, but um, that's something I was thinking about. Um, I oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you. No, you. <laughs> no, you. You, you, you. Oh, what are you? No, I know you. you are. What am I? I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, here's another little chord progression I like. Uh, ah, shit. I've been living in a hotel, so I can't. These are the kind of things that gorgeous stick in my head. Chris Hardwick on the Nerdist, yeah, he's a badass motherfucker. New theme song. Um, yeah, can I request something? Sure. Yeah. Is, that, is that okay? Yeah. Um, I love philosophy so much. Okay, I will try that. If, if you don't want to, you don't have to. There's no, no I pressure. Don't mind, I don't mind doing it. Uh, I'm going to say that, that this is. Uh, I, I'll. I'll make the sacrifice because because uh, I, I I want to make everyone happy. But you don't, or you could depress. <laughs> we, we could all get just we could all start to cry and listen to Fred Jones. <laughs> no, no. I, I, my my I played uh, um, Barda uh, and I just did sort of quasi unannounced, sort of like just like in a few days before. Yeah. And I forgot to bring my little um, um, finger wraps. Oh. And I beat the shit out of my hands, and so I, I may not play as hard because uh, it'll it'll hurt. But I'll. I'll Why don't I want you to hurt yourself if you? Oh, uh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll play in minor. Grass. 
You have to start ending all of your songs with, with uh, <laughs> like, <a> good, <laughs> like, like Wesley Willis used to end by yelling, "Blockbuster, what a difference!" Yeah, oh yeah. My God. <laughs> Wesley Willis.
Wheaties, breakfast of champions. <laughs> <laughs> How's your hand? Is it okay? It's all right. Yeah, they're, it's not they're bad. doing okay. That was fucking phenomenal. Was really and awesome. watching your fingers from here is insane. It's, is it is it Spider Man time for you? Like in that sense where like your hands are just moving in slow motion, but to everyone else it looks really fast. Well, I will say when when I see a video back every once in a while, it doesn't look like what I think I'm doing. It looks a lot faster and more impressive than, than what it seems like is, is not, yeah, it's, it's not, yeah, I, I don't know why that is. It's because I'm not really that fast, but it looks like it is. It seems, it seems that way. Because I know a lot of drummers, I, when I, I studied per, percussion, and the drums, are just, hands are just so fast, and, and I'm, I'm definitely not in the um, upper, you know, 90th percentile of fast or anything like that. Well, it's it's fucking insane to watch from right here. Um, do, you, do do is there is there? Can we request one more song and Absolutely. then we'll let you go yeah, and yeah. then we won't force mm-hmm. you to perform for us? Yeah. Um, what, Jonah, you should really pick the. I don't know. I, there's it's too many to pick. Um, Fred Jones part one, but that might just bring everybody down. Oh, the, the, the cigarette. Um, or that's too, the, oh, sorry, Fred Jones part two, the one two. from Rock in the Suburbs. Right, right. You know what I'd like to do though? What? I'm be an engineer nerd. What? Um, I'm gonna. Mr. Engineer, can I take that SM57 and put it here and forget the Audix? Would you mind? That's okay. Are you ready? It's going to pop out. Taking it out. One, two. There we go. Can I pull this one out? Yeah, I would make records on a 57. Yeah. Had a long trip. Then if you get bored and want to play Landed, that's cool. It's <laughs> up to you. Whatever. Okay, you we're back. Bored. I mean, yeah. it's just, just sitting around. This. Hey. Or Zach and Sarah, or anyway. Any, any, uh. I'm here all week. Remember, the more you drink, the I Listen to you play, just, it's going to be thirsty. My hand's starting to shake. <laughs> God damn it. I want to be 16 again and not think beer is good. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. There we go. Hello. No. Fuck it. <laughs> I'm no pussy. <laughs> I play piano all night long. My oh, pee pop. You know, I think the pop, the peas are, I think they're maybe there. I think we might have a problem. No, I don't think it's fun. <laughs> okay, what was it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, the song came from Fred Jones. The reason it's called Fred Jones Part 2. Fred Jones part one in my head was a song called Cigarette from Whatever Never Amen. And that was taken from a um, word for word, a run-on sentence from the newspaper. Uh, and it was about a guy, uh, a couple got married, and then the woman had some kind of uh, uh, brain damage. It changed her personality within like a year. She started smoking cigarettes, but she'd never smoked before. Everything was different. So he, he, was, he was conflicted because he'd married this person, made vows, but it wasn't the person he'd married. And so she had burnt the house down with a cigarette. And, and, and the, the, the sentence was, if I can remember, because it's much more impressive than it, when it's sung, there's no punctuation in this fucking sentence. It said, Fred Jones, was, Fred Jones was worn out from caring for his often screaming and crying wife during the night, but he couldn't sleep at night for fear that she, in a stupor from the drugs that wouldn't ease the pain, would set the house ablaze with a cigarette. Wow. wow. And that was in the paper, and I thought, well, that's an intense sentence. It says a lot. So I just put this music to the wind.
Basically, remember the chords. But wow. that's what I Yeah. And then, so I was thinking of uh, uh, back in 1999, I was thinking about how the um, newspaper business was going to be out, you know, and, and one uh, uh, case of an old style uh, newspaper editor who uh, had been, you know, kind of corporately laid off with the takeover. And, and just the whole idea that the guy had worked there for so long and, and, uh, and then he was gone. So it's just a real kind of working class uh, uh, sort of song. Fred sits alone at his desk in the dark. There's an awkward young shadow who waits in the hall. He's cleared all his things and he's put them in boxes things that remind him that life has been good 25 years he's worked at the paper a man's here to take him downstairs and I'm sorry Mr. Jones it's time no parties and there were no songs cause today's just a day like the day that he started and no one is left here knows his first name yeah and life barrels on like a runaway train where the passengers change they don't change anything you get off someone else can't get off Jones, it's time. The street light shines through the shades, casting lines on the floor and lines on his face. He reflects on the day.
Fred gets his paints out and goes to the basement, projecting some slides onto a plain white canvas and traces it, fills in the spaces, he turns off the slides, and it doesn't look right, yeah, and all of these bastards have taken his place, he's forgotten, but not yet gone, and I'm sorry, Mr. Jones, and I'm sorry, Mr. Jones, and I'm sorry, Mr. Jones, it's time. Thank you so much for that. Because his wife died. (laughs) (laughs) Ben Folds! Thanks, man. You have been more than generous with your time. And, uh, oh, your microphone's back over. Did you just say, did you sing more than a feeling? Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Well, maybe I should just not worry about it. There we are. I'm back. You're going to go into the back. crowd now? Go into yeah, I'm going to work the room a little yeah. bit. Hi, I'm from, um, <laughs> I'm from Racine, Wisconsin. And, uh, and that was, I don't know any insults. So I don't know. <laughs> you're dumb. Uh, your yeah, shirt, yeah. your stupid shirt. You're uh, ugly and you're stupid and you stink. <laughs> Yay! Um, anyway, you've been more than generous with your time. And I don't want to, I just, we want to let you go. But thank you so much. Yeah, just um, five more songs and then we'll <laughs> just get out of here. You played a show last night, took a helicopter tour of Los Angeles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. neat. Which yeah. was amazing. I've always wanted to do that. That always looks you like You should. A, you should go. I'll plug him right now because I thought that woman was amazing. It's JJ Helicopters. Really? And, and, and uh, the, uh, Hitomi uh, runs the joint. And she's just, she's, she come in, she takes your credit card in her flight suit, she does the booking and everything, and then she just goes out and gets in the helicopter and cranks it up and you fly off. That's it. That's awesome. So cool. Do you yeah. go to the like down to the coast? Or like where's the We flew we flew everywhere. Uh, uh, me, me and my kids we, we flew uh, uh started out uh, kind of over Redonda Beach and then flew through downtown and Silver Lake and wow. came back down Sunset Boulevard and we were like four hundred feet over the ground some of the time. That's great. And, you know, people could wave and stuff. It was really cool. That's awesome. Must really put the city in perspective and kind of lay it out nicely. Yeah, yeah as you point out it it it, uh, it shows you how bad traffic Traffic is because you get so so you get there so fast. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you need to have a helicopter. Yeah. Where's our fucking <laughs> flying cars? It's 2011 for crap's sake. I know. Yeah. Let's just buy a helicopter. We'll pull together. All right. We'll buy we should be able to do that. Yeah. Uh, ben, thank you so much for being here. No this worries. Is an absolute Thanks, pleasure. Yeah, Appreciate I'm it. Glad we finally did it. Uh, enjoy your burrito, everyone. That's something we say at the end of the show. Oh, enjoy your burrito. Yay! <laughs> that was incredible. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast is brought to you by GoToMeeting. Today's mobile world makes easy-to-use collaboration software more than nice to have. It's a necessity. For your free 30-day trial, visit GoToMeeting.com and enter the promo code NERDIST. I feel like I was blindsided. Because it's a competition show. From the producers of Jury Duty and The Bachelor. We have scoured the earth for the 14 greatest reality contestants that were available during our production window. 
becomes a reality competition show about reality competition shows. Nobody has dared to find out who is the actual best at just being on a reality show. I'm your host, comedian Daniel Tosh. Is win or go home. Each episode, our contestants will face new challenges that will test their strength and lack of life skills for a chance to win $200 million. $200,000. Prepare, because it's about to be ugly crying. Lots of fighting. Tasha, I have to defend myself. Celebrating 25 years of reality TV with your favorites. I have diarrhea. You cannot do this to me. What in gay hell have I got myself into? The GOAT. Stream free on Amazon Freebie or Prime Video.